Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Barnes Creative Studios. Check them out if you need some property videos or you need anything related to video and commercial real estate, do check them out. Their website is barnescreativestudios.com. Well, one of the largest organizations or associations, if you will, in the world is NAR, the National Association of Realtors, and they do a really good job of uh, economic outlook and looking at the market. And while a lot of folks think of the National Association of Realtors as a residential-based you know, uh, uh, association, they're very much in commercial. They do a great job also of watching and checking the commercial real estate world uh, and their economic, economic outlook and their outlook of the different property sectors. So you're in for a treat. Please welcome my guest. It's Gabe Coroton. She is a senior economist with NAR, the National Association of Realtors. Gabe, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Well, great. Well, the first question, uh, Gay, as an economist, I, ha I have to ask you is just, hey, you know, where are we here at the beginning of the second quarter? Seems like commercial real estate's going okay. Housing's doing fantastic, but we have a lot of things going on in the world, right? We have uh, gas prices going up, we have inflation, we have a, base, uh, a war going on, we have you know, uh, interest rates rising. So when you just look at the economic outlook for 2022, kind of what do you see right now? Well, uh, right now, um, you know, the economy is still, still doing uh, pretty well. Um, the uh, Russia-Ukraine war uh, just began, and we're still seeing the impact of that on higher oil prices. Uh, interest rates were expected to increase. Uh, the uh, Federal Reserve Board had already uh, telegraphed that uh, uh, last year. So, uh, you know, we're still kind of assessing what the impact is. Uh, but essentially, uh, right now, even the IMF is saying that the impact is not expected to be uh, that uh, significant in terms of an economic reduction in growth. First of all, the U.S. Uh, trade with Russia is, is very small. Uh, so Russia is not like China, um, where, where you had that impact uh, on the economy when we had that U.S. Uh, trade war. Still very small, but uh, right now, uh, the impact um, of rising rates uh, are starting to feed through the housing market. Uh, we're not seeing that yet on the commercial real estate. And, as, uh, you know, we can discuss this later. But uh, with rising mortgage rates, as you know, uh, there's an incentive for people uh, uh, to stay in their homes, uh, stay as renters rather than move into home ownership. And so that's actually a good thing, um, at least for the uh, multifamily market. Uh, certainly, inflation is taking a hit on consumers' pockets. Uh, Eight and a half percent inflation um, was the recent reading uh, for March. Never seen this uh, inflation rate in the last 40 years. That's about five hundred dollars uh, that consumers have to spend. And, uh, you know, uh, for the housing market, that means five hundred dollars less. Right. Uh, on, on, on the amount that you can pay for a mortgage and uh you know, inflation of eight and a half is outpacing your wage growth of about five percent. So um, purchasing power is being cut. Um, so consumers are trying to um, uh, make stretch that budget. Um, but right now, you know, uh, 
of course, a lot of headwinds, uh, more headwinds than we saw at the beginning of the year. But uh, the economy is still at a strong point. Uh, inflation, uh, unemployment is still very low. Job, job openings are outpacing job growth by two to one. So I think the Fed is saying that uh, the economy can um, take a, a little bit of that higher interest rate, uh, slower uh, growth. Uh, so that you know you don't see inflation continuing to ramp up because uh, in, inflation cannot uh, uh, become run, a runaway kind of inflation. Uh, it, it will affect your interest rates. It will affect purchasing power. So um, so the Fed is trying to control uh, that right now. But uh, again, back to your question: Where are we right now? Uh, uh, headwinds uh, certainly for economic growth, but the economy is still in a strong footing right now uh, to withstand those. Uh, high uh, interest rates that the Fed is planning. Okay, and with inflation coming in at a staggering 8.5%, uh, should that indicate to us to expect maybe higher uh, rate increases from the Fed to to counteract that? Yes, <clears throat> well, so the Fed is already uh, planning and they have announced actually in their last meeting that uh, the uh, federal funds rate is uh, likely to hit about 1.9% by the end of the year. So it's now at 0.5%. Uh, so that's about 0.25 basis points uh, You know, every time they meet for, for, for the next uh, uh, six meetings that they're going to have. Um, and then for next year, uh, 2023, uh, uh, the Fed funds rate is going to go up, at least based on the votes right now of your uh, 16 members of the Fed. The median is 2.9%. So another percentage point next year. So uh, that's why here's the thing, right? We know that uh, mortgage rates are going to rise uh, about 55 to 6% by the end of this year. But they're going to rise further next year because by next year, inflation will still not have been controlled to about 2%, which is the target uh, of the Fed. So at the rate inflation is going right now, 8.5%, uh, I, I expect... Uh, the inflation rate uh, to hit about uh, five and a half uh, next year, and then uh, 2024 by about three and a half. So still a long way. So the Fed will continue to uh, keep putting that break on monetary policy up until 2024. Um, so yes, yeah, certainly expect uh, higher uh, rates uh, this year uh, in terms of the mortgage rate. Um, that's about uh, five and a half to six percent, or in terms of your ten-year Treasury. Expect another um, about uh, 1.5% um, uh, more this year and then another percentage point next year. Yeah. Because inflation is so high and the Fed uh, wants to control that inflation. And uh, the economy is at a point right now where the economy can take up that monetary tightening. Um, as I said, job uh, openings are outpacing uh, job, uh, job uh, seekers by right. two to one. Right. And one thing to help us, uh, Gay, to put this in perspective when it comes to interest rates is, you know, shouldn't we need to look at interest rates kind of historically? And I put this in perspective. We see these these you know, relatively large increases. I know I've got a couple uh, some of my young brokers like, oh, these interest rates are terrible, terrible. And I'm like, no, when you think historically, they're still really low. right? That's right. That's right. You know, um, before uh the uh, pandemic hit 2019, um, your 30-year uh, uh, rate uh, for mortgage rates was about um, uh, running at about 5%. So in 
So yeah, still historically low, and we are not we are not at the point where we were in 1982. So in 1982, even if the inflation was hovering at about uh, 10%, um, 15% even, uh, recall that uh, the chair, chairman of the Fed then, Paul Volcker, said, well, the only way we can control inflation is if interest rates uh, you know, sh- shoot up. And uh, interest rates went up to about yeah, 15%. Uh, right now, even if inflation is at a high 8.5%, uh, your rates are still low. Um, so, uh, in, in fact, you have negative uh, real rates right now. So, if you're a borrower, right, <laughs> good to borrow, uh, um, good to borrow money still. Um, uh, which is why, um, you know, um, with with uh, those negative uh, real uh, rates, um, and if inflation doesn't come down, um, I, I think rates will go even higher because you know you can't have negative rates also, right? If you're a lender. Yeah. Yeah, and there's certainly you make money with negative uh, interest rates. And as you mentioned, kind of the outlook for commercial real estate uh, seems to be still really positive. And and a lot of people would say that inflation, uh, uh, commercial real estate investing or real estate investing in general is a hedge a- against inflation. When and when it comes to foreign investors uh, buying commercial properties and multifamily properties in the U.S., what are the trends there? You know, with COVID having gone on and and now the, the Ukraine uh, terror going on there. What, what are you seeing for trends for foreign investors into U.S. commercial properties? You know, I, I see a positive trend. Uh, first of all, uh, if you look at the world, right, where is a country that is more stable than the U.S.? Uh, where is a country in the world that is more stable than the U.S.? Uh, mm-hmm. no, no, no other country, I would think, right? Uh, you know, Europe, uh, because of the Russia-Ukraine tension, um, you know, those geopolitical tensions, j- just by proximity, you know, yeah. could, could spread. Uh, of course, right now we know that Russia has already withdrawn from Ukraine, but just because of that proximity, you know, that there, there's more uh, geopolitical risk in Europe than in the United States. Um, uh, China, because of its uh, alignment uh, with Russia and because uh, it, it's, again, seeing uh, rising cases of, of the virus, um, they're also kind of in a difficult spot. Uh, but the U.S. economy, um, as I said, are growing pretty strong. Um, uh, your REITs, are, uh, if you look at the data on uh, REIT funds, uh, uh, high returns. Uh, and uh, just because um, of this inflation hedge, right now we're, we're seeing um, rental rates, uh, asking rents going up by about 10 to 15%. Um, so certainly, you know, the... Um, multifamily uh, market in the United States uh, is a pretty strong investment area. And right now, we're not just seeing investments in multifamily. We're seeing uh, lots of investments in um, single-family rentals. Um, and, and that's because uh, prices are rising. And so investors are saying, well, you know, uh, homeowners uh, might not be able to afford that mortgage. And um, and because of the um, uh, coming of coming in coming uh, out of home, coming out of their households breaking out of their households for for the uh, millennials right they're starting to form households uh, you know investors are, are saying we need to provide single family rentals from them and of course there was the pandemic where people didn't want to stay in multifamily homes they wanted to stay in single family homes so the single family uh, market right now is what they're calling to be already a, a different property 
class. Yeah. So those two areas alone, multifamily, single family, would be good investments in the United States. Uh, certainly, uh, the uh, industrial uh, property market uh, will continue uh, to boom. Um, you know, we, we didn't see a, a pullback in uh, e-commerce sales, even uh, if um, the economy opened, uh, not a pullback at all. Uh, of course, the retail trade uh, is also trying to um, uh, adapt itself uh, to e-commerce. You know, we, we know cases of uh, Target and um, Walmart, they're also trying to break into this e-commerce. But uh, e-commerce is continue, going to continue to be strong. And um, there's going to be a shift now uh, from what you call your uh, just-in-time inventory management to your just-in-case inventory management, right? Because of the supply chain issues, uh, whereas before you could easily order, the shipment is going to come. Mm-hmm. You know, that hasn't been the case now for the past two years. And so uh, there's going to be a, a demand for warehouses and uh, uh, data centers. Data centers is one other um a property market uh, that has been very strong, uh, at least when it comes to REITs investments. Um, you know, people are working from home. There's a lot more online shopping. Um, you know, the, the world is just shifting towards more data-driven AI, smart growth technology. So, you know, yeah. you need these data centers. Yeah. This infrastructure and yeah. data centers are, 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 are is a really a positive uh uh, area for investment right now. Yeah, and you mentioned infrastructure. Let's talk about that too, because uh, we have kind of a five billion dollar investment there. Tell us about that and the impact. Yeah, correct. So, well, it, it's overall, it's really one trillion dollars in infrastructure spending, um, and that was really the purpose of the Biden administration to uh, uh, make sure that this federal spending uh, uh, continued to prop up economic growth. But, you know, it was just a basic common sense, right? You had aging uh, aging roads, uh, dilapidated uh, uh, bridges, unsafe bridges. Uh, and, um, you know, so you were kind of hitting two birds with one stone. And uh, you also wanted uh, the Biden administration also wants a cleaner environment. So I'd say three birds, th- three stones. Uh, you kill three birds with uh, one stone, right? Uh you're improving environmental sustainability, you're propping up the economy, you're uh, improving uh, infrastructure. Now, specifically for uh, the real estate market, I think uh, one thing that will be uh, positive uh, is the five billion allocation for this uh, electric charging stations. And uh, we know gas prices are rising right now. Uh, uh, They'll probably remain uh, at this level about uh, uh, $100, and even if they don't, you know, during the 70s, we saw this transition of the U.S. economy from an energy-dependent uh, economy in, in, into an economy where it is now a net exporter. Um, so I think uh, this uh, high uh, gas prices now and, and, and all this tension is going to uh, uh, shift uh, the demand uh, for vehicles uh, towards electric vehicles, uh, that's already about a million vehicles out uh, out there right now. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, uh, states like California, Texas, Arizona, uh, even uh, the Washington, D.C. area, the New York area, lots of demand there for uh, electric uh, charging stations. And uh, those electric charging stations uh, have a synergy effect with your retail trade. You know, everyone knows that when they come to charge a Target and Whole Foods, 
you know, you make a quick dash, buy coffee, get some salad, get some food, you know. Um, and, and if you're doing level two charging, say you go to Target, well, you know, those two hours are going to give you some time to go shopping. So I, I, I personally believe that there, that this, um, this synergy between electric vehicle charging stations and, um, and retail trade is something that would be good for the commercial market. So right now, there, right now you have about 100,000 uh, electric chargers. The, the administration wants to beef that up to about 500,000 chargers in what it calls the uh, electric, uh, uh, what it calls the electric vehicle alternative fuel corridors. And you can only be a fuel corridor if there's an electric charging station every 50 miles, right? Because that's the fear that you're driving and you run out of battery. So every 50 miles, there's going to be a charging station. So think of that. What will think of the implication of that for retail trade, right? And for the demand for land, if every 50 miles you need to have a, that charging station put up. So I think it's great for the land market and then great for your retail trade market. Yeah, good point, because uh, if you stop every 50 miles and uh, get a charge, you might want to go in and, and do some shopping, right? Or Yes. Yeah, well, you know, they want these quick chargers, right? Uh, 20 minutes, uh, uh, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, but in those 15 to 20 minutes, hey, you can get coffee, you can get your salad, right. you can get whatever. Uh, make sure you have that list, though, right? You don't want to spend time looking around the shop and get that penalty because you overstayed at a charging station. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can spend a lot in 20 minutes, uh, especially uh, online, but uh, I guess in person as well. Well, uh, Gay, what would you leave our audience with to think about for commercial real estate moving forward for the rest of this year and into next? I th think uh, commercial real estate will continue to do well, uh, particularly for the multifamily sector and the industrial market. Now, even for retail, uh, you know, this eight and a half inflation is taking a hit on consumers' pockets. Uh, you know, people are spending like $500 more every month, right? And where are they going to be spending that? Basic commodities um, for food, uh, essentials. And so your neighborhood centers, your strip centers are done by your neighborhood. Those are continue to do well. Now, malls um, probably still... Um, uh, will uh, continue to face that headwind and that challenge. Uh, right now, vacancy rates for malls is at 8%. So still a difficult time for malls, but for uh, neighborhood centers, trip centers, uh, I, I think the retail trade uh, will do well in those markets. Um, office sector, uh, we've seen a return to working from uh, home. Um, about uh, just 20% of your workforce is working from home um, now uh, compared to about um, 50 to 65% prior to the pandemic. Um, we are seeing though some um, decline in density, um, but you know, I, I think um, the ball is still up in the air because even if you work, if people all work from home two days, three days a week, right? Then they come to the office. Well, once they have those uh, meetings, the big meetings, which is the purpose of the office, right? The purpose of the office now is not to be that place where people can collaborate, can meet, can, uh, you know, uh, discuss as one group. And if you bring them, all of your employees, I don't know, once every two weeks, where are you going to put them? And so uh, I'm not really sure that even if people are working from home, that uh, office space uh, will be reduced. Now, if it does on the aggregate, uh, people might, uh, there might still be a demand for uh, this um, 
uh, hot desking, uh, which you know, your, your rework type of offices uh, cater to. Uh, it, it's still uh, up in the air what the impact of the offices, but certainly we're seeing that we're seeing that in markets like uh, New York, San Francisco, uh, DC, the major areas, uh, still a lot of uh, lost office space that needs to be recovered. All in all, about 115 million square feet. Vacancy rate overall is about 12%. We're not going to see vacancy rates going down to below 10%, I would say, over the next three years. Uh, so that would mean office rents will remain soft, probably rising just about 1%. Um, now, having said that, in the office market, it's a bifurcated a recovery. Uh, New York, San Francisco, D.C., Chicago, recovering but not doing as well, but areas like Austin, Dallas, Phoenix, Tampa, Raleigh, you know, the secondary markets where there's a lot of migration. Office markets there are uh, are doing well. You know, rent growth is up 5% year over year in those markets. So if you were a, an investor, you know, um, again, this is what you call the secondary tertiary market is where the action is going to be if you're in the office sector. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the uh, downfall of the office is uh, exa over-exaggerated, I, I think, because of recruiting and onboarding and training and culture and cybersecurity and trade secrets, collaboration, you know, profits, growth, and, and for careers. Uh, I think the uh, office market will come back stronger than people are thinking right now since we just went through this yeah, oh yeah. we don't want to be around people kind of stuff you know? oh yeah correct you know and, and, and i think um, yeah even google right the tech companies they've always planned on their workforce returning to to the office mm -hmm. it's just that you know the pandemic you know kept uh holding that back but but really the intent is is for the office uh, uh office workers to come back uh now it won't uh, be a uh, five days a week, um, but uh, certainly you know uh, three, two to three uh, days a week. But uh, that still means that there's a demand for office space. And as I said, uh, if you if you want places to collaborate, where are you going to put all these workers when they come to the office? You know, that's right. if that's the only purpose now for the existence of the office, right? Yeah. Perfect. Well, Gabe, thank you for being on the show. Great information. Thanks for uh, joining us. Okay. Thank you for having me, Michael. Thanks. All right. Thank you. And thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. Hey, we do love hearing from you. So uh, reach out to us through your favorite social media, or you can always reach out to me directly. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Well, until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.